Welcome. I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and even a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, KristenEsser.com, or on Instagram at KristenEsser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. Welcome to episode nine of the podcast. I'm so happy to be here today and I'm happy to be sitting down with you to chat for a few minutes um, about what's been going on around here. I've got my tea here. I again have the, oh gosh, I put the tin so I could read the right name and now I can't see it. It's the Dragon Pearl Jasmine. It's uh, the tea that I got for Mother's Day, and I'm still enjoying it very much. It's the perfect kind of morning tea after my two cups of coffee because it's green tea and a little less caffeinated. So I'm enjoying that, and I'm hoping that you um, are sitting down with something fun to drink as well. Welcome uh, back for returning listeners, and welcome to anybody who's new to the podcast. I'm really honored to share this little time and space to chat with you today. As usual, life seems uh, pretty busy right now. It's the end of May, and I've got a graduating from high school senior in two weeks. Jonah will graduate in uh, two weeks, and I'm still sort of trying to process all that and um, kind of deal with all the little things that that come up, the the last performances and banquets and and things like that, and uh, encourage him to finally address and send out all those... uh, Graduation announcements that I so sweated to get done in time. So it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. But um, definitely, you know, May, if you've got school-age kids, you know that May is just like a kick-your-butt month. It is the race to the finish. All the projects, all the things, all come to a head at that at, in May. And it seems to be a lot of people in school in May. Around here, we don't really get done until mid-June, which makes me a little sad. Even Chloe is not going to come home from college till mid-June, the day before Jonah graduates, so I'm grateful for that. But by then, the college kids who came home early in mid-May have snatched up all the summer jobs, so that's kind of a bummer. But um, yeah, so just that season of life, and I'm enjoying it, and still trying to carve out a little time to do some sewing and knitting and and some self-care. So let's talk about that. Let's start out with what's on my sewing table. Um, Actually, I have a little bit of a funny story there. Yesterday, Memorial Day, and I was, you know, um, looking to spend some time in the sewing room, and I wasn't really sure. I'm waiting for a quilt to come back from the quilter. I've never gotten to say that before. I'm so excited that someone else quilted a quilt for me. Um, I probably should have sewn up some binding. I will do that probably today. But I was looking around for something to do, that would just kind of be easy and mindless. And I had a couple baby quilts um, from a few years ago that I started for this um, non-event Etsy shop I was going to open. So I pulled out one of them that I knew was like almost done. And it honestly was so bad. (laughs) It was so bad. I thought, you know, can I say this? Can I just turn this into a charity quilt? I had no heart for this quilt. So I put it in a plastic bag. And the next time I ever go to a quilt guild meeting or something like that I'm going to drop it off the charity table and maybe somebody else will have the heart to finish it's a simple patchwork but man I didn't know what I was doing when I was when I laid those patches out so so I got rid of that but in that same bag was this big panel 
of um, this children's line. And um, I don't even know what it's called. And I've cut the salvages off, so who knows? But it's this, it was Robert Kaufman. I know that. And it's got, I'm looking at it right now, deer and a raccoon and a ladybug and owls and this very cute, it's very cute. I'll take a picture of it at some point. And it was just, it's just a big panel that um, kind of almost looks like it's patchwork. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a whole cloth quilt. And um, I have a niece who recently had a baby boy. And so this seemed like a perfect thing to do. So I cut it about 42 by 42. And um, so it's just going to be whole cloth. And I pulled a backing out of my stash, which it was backing that was earmarked for a different quilt. But I never really was 100% sure it was right for that quilt. So it's, it's this um, blue, aqua blue hashtag fabric from Riley Blake. It's uh, very cute and, you know, kind of neutrally. So um, I decided to back it with that. But then I realized when I went to do the backing that if since the quilt is basically with the fabric, I don't have the width on the backing. You know, I was hoping that I, you know, wouldn't have to piece anything. But I didn't have enough, you know, to really um, extend the sides on the extra for the back. So I had a little bit more of this panel left over. And so I just created about a 10 inch wide strip that I put, I don't know, a third of a way through on the back uh, vertically. So that just gave me a little bit more width. And I think it's really cute. And it kind of ties the front and the back together. So I was just kind of getting going, piecing that back when... Um, my son, the, the senior, came in and asked if he could use a sewing machine. What happened is his English class assigned this project, his English teacher assigned this project to take quotes from the books that they read over the course of the year and create an art project based on that. So he and a friend working together, they came up with, I guess it was 14 quotes, and every quote they kind of boiled down to a symbol and then did a combination of going through my fabric stash for things that might represent it. Like there's, you know, a quote, I think, you know, about a garden or something and, you know, they needed something with leaves and um, there's some quote about Frankenstein that where he stops and he eats berries and so um, I had some strawberry fabric, stuff like that. And they went to a thrift store, they found a few other things that I didn't have in my stash, for instance, a skull <laughs> and um, something that looked like a chain link fence. I just, I have a very, I have a shortage of chain link fence fabrics in my stash, I have to admit. So anyways, so then they bought a t-shirt or grabbed a t-shirt and they kind of did this, they, they sewed all these little patches um, and some of them were quite big actually to, to this t-shirt. So I showed them how to use the sewing machine. Um, and I got to say, it was it was hard sewing um, because number one, it's knit and that is just, you know, it's just so stretchy. It's hard to keep things flat, but um, it, it worked out pretty well. I uh, showed them how to use steam a seam because that because a lot of the fabrics they use were like another T-shirt. They were trying to sew into this T-shirt. So you really need uh, some sort of little interfacing to make that happen. Um, and some of them, I think they just kind of fused on and didn't even sew at one, at one point they actually had, they sewed a, like a playing card onto it and, and a big piece of plastic. So it was quite the crazy shirt by the end. But anyways, I, I never thought that I would be kicked out of my own sewing room by my 18 year old son. But so it just shows you just never know what's going to happen in life. 
While I was waiting for this project to come back from the quilter so that I could uh, stitch on the binding, I've been doing quite a lot of handwork. Number one, the weather here in Southern California has been amazing. It's like low 70s all the time, it seems like. So I just want to sit outside with a cup of tea or iced tea or sparkly water or whatever. I just want to sit out in my little swingy egg chair and, and enjoy being outside. It will get hotter this summer, and so I know that I won't always want to be sitting out there. So I'm really trying to take advantage of, of being outside. So the big thing I've been working on and I am done with now um, is my visible mending project. I had told you that I got the book visible mending. I'm turning around so I can see by Jenny Wilding Carden. I have so enjoyed looking through this book and being inspired. I'll write up a whole blog post about it. So if you uh, don't subscribe to the blog, at some point head on over there and, and subscribe so that you'll get notifications of those or in Feedly or Blog Love and whatever. Um, but I'll have a, a post about that. But I pulled out a pair of a well-worn pair of Capri jeans and did some stitching on the pocket. Um, the, the stitching had come out of the pocket and it, on the bottom and it just kind of rolled up. And you know what? I wore these jeans around the house anyways, but you know, I didn't feel good about it. <laughs> I feel like at my age, there is a fine line between being casual and frumpy and I want to stay firmly on the side of casual and not venture into frumpy. So um, I sat down with it and I mean it was like trying to pick fabric for a quilt you know I just I had all these scraps I'm just like what direction do I want to go here I mentioned before I thought that I was going to put like a liberty patch so after looking at this book I decided I wanted to do multiple patches not just one so I pulled out some liberty and some linen and you know liberty and linen are just so firmly me um, but I put them on there and decided and I used some steam seam you know just kind of I didn't iron it down just placed it and was mulling it over took a picture with my phone so I could try some other things and just realized that it was very visible <laughs> a little a little too visible of a place on my butt I didn't want to uh, be attracting a lot of attention there if you know what I mean so went back to the sewing room grabbed um things that were blue I have some some not actual denim but fabric art gallery fabric that is like de looks like denim but it's not really it's softer and um, I, and I picked up this little bundle of blue fabrics I don't know what they are little it has little plus signs on it I think I got it at QuiltCon so just various colors of blue and then uh, cut them into little patches and tried that and that was much better but I was still the queen of indecision here so I didn't iron the steam seam down real I didn't fuse it and I started stitching thinking like if, well, if I change my mind then I can just take this all out and that was not a good idea you really need to fuse that down because they're little patches and they just pull up all over the place and I really wasn't happy with my stitching so I just I I took it out took out my stitching I fixed all the patches which were getting a little crumpled and fused it down and then decided that I needed to practice my stitching. It's called Boro Stitching, B-O-R-O, -O, um, which is, you know, just kind of uh, some a running stitch, you know, line after line of, of a running stitch. And decided I wanted to practice that a bit. So there was a place inside on, on the like where your thighs rub you know inside there um, that was wearing thin so I put a, a patch on the inside underneath that and then I just did some stitching um, 
two directions, vertically and horizontally, to just strengthen that part. And at that point, you know, I kind of got the rhythm, kind of got into it, and it's in a much less visible spot. So when I finish that, and it really goes incredibly quickly, this this kind of stitching, and it's so pleasurable to do outside and everything. Or, you know, if if it's uh, turning to winter where you're, you are by the fire, which whichever. It's just, it's handwork is, you know, it's so portable. So then I turned my attention back to the patches on the pocket and um, I did mark them with a friction pen um, roughly, you know, so I could kind of keep them straight. And that was, it worked out really well. The, the stitches are wonky. I decided not to really worry about it. And in the same way that if you have um, a lot of machine quilting, the, the denser it is, the less the mistakes show, the less the wonky stitches show. Um, I remember seeing this thing that Angela Walters did where she was quilting something and like say swirls and then she wrote the word oops in it, you know, with with the stitching and then quilted swirls all around it just to show that actually when you were done and you looked at it, you barely, you, you had to look for the word oops because it's just texture. And that's what this was too. I did, you know, um, again, stitching that was horizontal and vertical and overlapped. And so there was just kind of a lot of it going on. And that's what you see. You don't see that, oh, that stitch right there is crooked or, or whatever. So, um, like I said, I'll do a blog post, but I really enjoyed doing that. I also then um, was inspired to do a little, I just did a little little crosses on the other pocket, which where the stitching is kind of coming out, but the, the pocket isn't coming off on that one, just to kind of tie it all together. So anyways, it's really fun, and um, I have a, a you know pair of jeans back in the rotation that I'm now not uh, afraid to wear out of the house, so that's been really fun. After my son and his friend um, got done with their project, I was able to get back into the sewing room last night and I finished piecing that quilt back and um, I basted it on my design wall um, about like nine o'clock at night, which actually meant I just opened the window in the, the living room where I am and I just sprayed inside the house, which I probably should not do, but it, it's a small quilt. And so that's already basted and ready to go. And I'm looking forward to really to quilting that. I'm want to do it very simply. You know, I do not like to stress myself out with quilting. So I think what I'm going to do there is just some wavy organic lines. I was tempted to do my little serpentine line on my baby lock. I've got both, both machines out right now, but I'm itching to get back to my Juki with all the extra space and just do some pretty zen stitching and get this quilt off to my niece. I also had a little bit of extra fabric and some terry cloth in my stash and I'm going to go ahead and make some burp rags with that too. I was really happy. I don't have a very big stash and I always feel like when I try to go to my stash to get a fabric that I never have quite the right one. But yesterday, all the stars aligned and I had a backing, which was amazing that I would have a backing fabric. And I even had some terry cloth from some things I sewed a few years ago. So it was just really nice to finally feel like I had what I needed in my stash. I also pulled out my hand piecing project and I've been plugging away on that. It's been fun to get sort of re-inspired with hand piecing and think about how I want to um, organize things. We're going to go to the beach in the summer for about 10 days and 
I definitely want to have some hand projects to go there. So I'll have some knitting probably because at that point, Chloe will be leaving for Norway shortly after we get back. So I will probably be panic knitting some pair of mittens or something because I've been really uninspired to knit right now. But, um, you know, so really enjoying the, the hand piecing. I'm continuing to mull over doing a, a YouTube series on, on hand piecing. So stay tuned for that. Um, you know, I'm starting to make some plans, uh, you know, to do with that. Knitting wise, yeah, kind of lost my knitting mojo. Still working on a pair of socks, those navy socks, and you know, just here and there. It's a good project to work on outside. So I, now that I'm on the foot and it's just knitting, 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 and there's like no increases or decreases or anything happening. Not that there's ever really increases, it's always decreases with socks. Um, as a matter of fact, when I got kicked out of the sewing room yesterday, I just went and got a glass of iced tea and my knitting bag and sat out there and worked on that for a few hours. But you know, creativity the the creative mojo it kind of comes and goes and right now it has the knitting mojo has left the building I'm sure it will be back I often fall in love with sock knitting over the summer because again it's so portable and easy to do in vacations so so stay tuned for more knitting news at, a, at another point Let's move on to what I've been reading, which in the past I've been in a little bit of a funk, but I did happen upon a book that I enjoyed very much. I went to a neighboring library and um, to, to drop off a book that I checked out for, for my son, and I'd forgotten what a beautiful library this is. It is at the, actually the absolute end of the street that I grew up on. And it makes me a little bit sad every time I go now that like, oh my gosh, what if that library had been there when I was a kid? I would have lived there. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous library. And um, I love libraries. I, when like my uh, son was in a in an honor band and they had this rehearsal somewhere in LA I spent the day just going from library to library just to find a place to work and it's so fun to see other people's libraries and sometimes they're very cute and small and sometimes they're huge and gorgeous but anyway so I went to this library and they had a beautiful display of um, books that are recently released and I came across the book called Two Steps Forward by Graham um, Simpson and Anne, I want to say Buist, B-U-I-S-T. Graham Simpson is the person that wrote The Rosie Project, which was my beach read uh, maybe four years ago. And it had gotten a lot of really good press, and I feel like I liked it. I didn't love it, but I can be I'm really at the mercy of expectations. So if everyone is saying it's the best book ever, then I'm going to you know, have high expectations. Eleanor Oliphant, that I talked about maybe last podcast, actually did live up to the hype. <laughs> but anyway, so I enjoyed, I enjoyed The Rosie Project. He had a follow-up called The Rosie Effect. I did not read that one. But this book is about... Two people who do the Camino de Santiago. I'm probably totally butchering that. But it captured my attention because the pastor of my church is doing the same Camino. So I had never heard of this before, but there are there's a, a big walk, like a pilgrimage that you can do that ends up in, I think, Santiago at this cathedral. I want to say it's St. Paul's. Gosh, I hope that's right. But anyways, people start from all over. Um, the one that our pastor is doing starts in the French Pyrenees and goes down. It's 500 miles. It will take him six weeks. 
But I learned from reading this book that people do just different sections of it. They they start from different places. There's lots of feeder trails that go into it. Lots of people do it for religious reasons and lots of people do it just for their own spiritual reasons, you know, not necessarily religious. And the characters in this book um, are doing it for very different reasons. And they're doing it at a very uh, non-typical time of year, more uh, starting in like February. So it's still pretty wintry. Um, Our pastor did it starting in May but it was still snowing in the French Pyrenees at the beginning of his walk. So so there you go. So you can imagine if you start in February what it might be like. But anyways, I enjoyed it very much um, because it was a great story. With um, uh, there's, It's a man and a woman who, again, are doing this walk for very different reasons. And um, the people... How, how they sort of intersect, the people that they meet, the, the types of challenges um, that, that happen on a long-term walk like this. So it's, um, it was very interesting. So I highly recommend that. It definitely has put this Camino on my bucket list, which my husband would like really be happy to hear. Um, which he does know, actually. <laughs> but I would like to do try one of these long walks. Um, a friend of mine, who's from England, but lives here now, last summer did a the, an England coast-to-coast walk, you know, west to east, I believe it was, not north to south. Um, and it took two weeks, and it was her and her husband and two teenagers. And it, what's kind of interesting is that you can walk from basically sort of from village to village and you can hire someone to bring your luggage and drop it off at the next B&B and, and, and she booked, she researched it and booked all the B&Bs um, separately, you know, it, and she figured all that out. She hired the service to take their, their luggage. I, apparently you can just kind of buy this as a whole package deal, but it's a little less expensive if you if you do it yourself. But that walk is the first time I'd ever really heard of doing one of, you know, these sort of long, long walks. And um, it really kind of uh, made my husband say, we should do that sometimes. So at first I was like, why would we do that? (laughs) But now I realize that I think they're spending that much time without technology, just with your thoughts and with family. I think there are a lot of benefits to it. And I'm really interested in uh, putting that on the bucket list. And, And now that our kids are older, I think it would be quite a bit easier. So I wonder if uh, if we'll get that scheduled in the next few years. I hope so. Last episode, I mentioned that Masterpiece uh, did their own version of Little Women and that it had come highly recommended and I was going to check it out. And I finally did. It took me a while to get around to it. And I got to say that I loved it. My husband watched part of it with me and at one point said this I'm finding this music really distracting and so he actually googled it and other people have the same kind of feeling some of the music was definitely sort of not of that period um, they were definitely going for evoking a feeling didn't really bother me but it, it really <laughs> he kept bringing it up so it really bothered him it's definitely a different take on little women I mean not entirely we all know the story but in the same way I don't know if you watched um, Anne with an E on Netflix which was very good. It's a, it's a, again, another retelling of Anne of Green Gables, but it's a little bit darker than any other, you know, adaptation of Anne of Green Gables that I've seen. And it made it all the more realistic. Number one, the casting on Anne, sorry, I'm going to 
diverge into Anne of Green Gables for a second. The casting of Anne was amazing because she looked exactly the way Anne is supposed to look, which is not beautiful. <laughs> If you know what I mean. And the one that uh, Megan Fellows or whoever played Anne in the older versions, she's just a little too pretty to really be convincingly Anne. But it also delved into Anne's background and where, you know, she's a 10 or 11 year old orphan who has been in the system her whole life. Obviously, there's some bad things that happened. And so they kind of take you into that to make you, to make Anne basically a more sympathetic character. Well, with Little Women, it's kind of the same way um, that it's just, it can be a little bit darker when you have the scenes of Civil War and what uh, Mr. March is going through. It's um, it's definitely darker and just, just um, various scenes, things that are happening with Beth, you know, it's just, it's all a little bit more realistic and, and therefore I think better, a kind of a richer experience. And I think a good reason that they remade it, if you're just going to remake all the, the versions that have been done before, why bother? But, um, the casting also was really good. Joe is played by Maya Hawk, who is the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk. And I just kept looking at her, seeing Uma Thurman. And you know how Uma Thurman has, you know, she, you know I don't think that uh, her daughter is quite as tall as an Uma Thurman, like six feet tall, but she has big features. She has long fingers and big eyes and, and a, a large mouth. And Maya kind of has those same features. And I just kept, kept seeing her. And again, she was a very good Joe. She was, she's not too beautiful, but, um, very pleasant. And so I just, the casting was, was really well done. So I definitely recommend the, uh, masterpiece version of little women, which I think I said last time was done in two parts. It's actually three episodes. And I think they're all out now because we we're members of PBS or whatever. I can kind of see them all immediately. But I have a feeling that the last one was was released on Sunday. So definitely um, check that out if you are a Little Women fan. So to wrap up with the the homemaking part of this podcast. I would like to confess that I've had no heart for uh, really digging into homemaking inside the house right now. And I think that it's just, it's spring and the weather has just been leading me to kind of cultivate the outdoor living spaces. I told you recently we did uh, a garden and I should take some photos. I mentioned, you know, I've mentioned that when I plant seeds, it's a bit of a a leap of faith for me that those things are actually going to come up, but they really did. So I've got um, sunflowers that are well over, I mean, not well over, so let's say a foot tall right now. So that those are, those are happening. I've got lettuce um, ready to be thinned even a little more than I did on my first pass. The strawberries are spreading and sending out runners. The blackberries are doing well. So I've been really spending some time weeding and keeping that up. We um, added to our herb garden. I've got thyme, chives, and oregano that are perennials and rosemary. So I just added some um, basil and some flowers to the little herb garden area and I was able to go, I love to do this, we did uh, grilled vegetables for um, you know, a side dish yesterday for Memorial Day and I can't tell you the thrill that I get out of just going out to the backyard with a little pair of kitchen snips and snipping some 
you know, thyme and oregano and basil and rosemary and chopping those up and throwing them in the vegetables and then going back out there for some chives for the baked potatoes. I just get such a thrill out of that. And it's just, it's so easy. Those herbs, you don't even want to over fertilize them. The herb garden is the easiest thing to plant and takes the least amount of tending, but is so useful. And I, I am not so good necessarily about always using up the vegetables from our vegetable garden, but I do love, I love the herbs. And I've continued to do a bunch of weeding out there. Um, I kind of forgotten what a workout real gardening could be. So I'm just digging plants out and weeding, fertilizing. I dragged eight big 20 pound bags of mulch to the yard and mulch the whole thing you know so I was a big sweaty mess at the end but felt like it was better than any gym workout that I ever had so that's actually been been pretty fun so I'm just I'm really I'm enjoying spring I'm looking forward to summer I've been um, so inspired by gardening I've been p- pinning all these garden inspiration posts um, on my Pinterest board and then I just decided to do one uh, the other day they had a little it's like a little a bee watering station for bees and butterflies who you want you know to attract to your yard so it's just an upside down terracotta pot with a saucer on top just you put a few stones in in the little saucer and fill it up with water so that so that bees and butterflies can kind of stand on the stone and still drink water it took five minutes to dig around and wash up an old terracotta pot so that was really fun and it was something I found on Pinterest. I've also been pinning salads and main dish salads like mad for um, summertime, spring and summertime, um, you know, dinner inspiration. In the winter, I like to um, make soup at least once a week as our as our dinner. And in the summer, I like to do a main dish salad at least once or twice a week to just, you know, just keep things light, keep the oven turned off or where it's getting hot. So those are the kinds of things that I'm sort of anticipating. And I actually also, since I've been making lots of visits to the garden center, I bought a couple of houseplants, which for me is kind of a big deal. I fell out of love with houseplants, I don't know, 15 years ago or something, when I just had a series of plants the you know the water overflow and ruin something ruin carpets and you know just having them die and so I I just went completely fake plants for years and now I'm just sick of fake plants and I just want natural things in the house I like the fact that they clean the air for you so I'm slowly introducing more real plants into the house uh, over spring break when I started kind of you know redoing the the potted plants on the patio in the in the porch I got a couple of orchids um, that are on our mantle and that's been nice that was like my first little step in there though that's been a couple months now and the blossoms are starting to drop and I've never ever been able to get an orchid to rebloom so they may just be sort of temporary plants that last me a couple months orchids are not expensive if you get them at Trader Joe's and I do love them so but I think I might move this one um, to a different area the one that's really dropping its blooms and try to fertilize it and see if I can get it to rebloom but I've also bought a fern for the bathroom and I don't know a philodendron or something um, very generic looking house plant for the for the family room and I'm going to see if I can find the the types of house plants that thrive in very low light because I don't have a lot of um, 
big windows of light inside the house. It doesn't seem like a dark house, but it's not enough to keep a lot of plants alive. So um, I'm kind of excited about that and introducing a little bit more green. Um, I've taken away a lot of our decor inside the house over the years and been a little bit more minimalistic. And I really want to kind of just introduce that, that green natural effect as well about wraps up this episode again thank you so much for just spending this time you know with me letting me chat at you (laughs) and um, if you enjoy the podcast I encourage you to uh, head over to iTunes and leave a review or a rating very much appreciated and it really helps it come up when people are searching for podcasts to listen to so I really appreciate that and I hope that you are enjoying this transition of spring into summer and that you are finding joy in being outside and enjoying the weather and um, have a great 